Sacks with Adam Curry for November 25th, 2019. This is episode number 16. <laughs> now that's an opening. <laughs> and happy fourth month anniversary, Mo. Yeah, we got, uh, what's that, 16 shows? It's four months. Yeah. You ever, ever take some change? Yeah, pretty much. We, uh, man, we're, uh, we're moving and grooving along here. And man, I'm... I enjoy every bit of it. <laughs> yeah, ditto, my friend. Ditto. Uh, so today, what is today? Is the twenty uh, fifth of November, two thousand nineteen? Yes. We got a brand new MoFax with Adam Curry lined up for you, and uh, uh, well, we discussed what the topic would be, which would be, I think, if I looking at the clips, we are deconstructing Colin Kaepernick. Is that right? Yes, I've uh, waited to broached this topic because I knew it was going to be an ever-evolving story ever since he came onto this scene. And I think we reached uh, somewhat of a climax with the story. Oh, oh, okay. So, you mean the story's ending? It's over? That's it? It's done? Well, <laughs> well, I think there will be one more final scene, like with any good movie. You know, um, you have the, I think what they call it, not the, it's like the, right after the climax. Oh, the epilogue. So, Yes, so I think yeah. you. I think we'll have that that portion still left. Okay, but I think now is we've reached the climax. I think um, he's completely done with the NFL, <laughs> and I think both sides are happy about that. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Okay, all right. I mean, um, you know, and, and preface for this, I'm uh, I'm not a sports guy, so I don't know really much other than you know some of the stuff we've looked into with the social justice warrior angle. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I hope to learn a lot today. So that's, I'm glad you're not a sports fan and I didn't make any assumptions. So what we're going to do is uh, build up from the very moment that he uh, refused to stand all the way up to where we at as of today. Oh, perfect. Excellent. All right. So let's get right into it. Uh, Refuse to stand. It's the rare occasion when sports and politics collide and an NFL quarterback has certainly ignited a firestorm. We're talking about Colin Kaepernick. He's the San Francisco 49ers quarterback, and he's been refusing to stand for the national anthem before all three preseason games in protest. Ron's here with the reason behind his activism. And this reaction has been swift from every side. It really has. You know, Kaepernick, who uh, just a few years ago, three years ago, led the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl is well known for speaking out on social issues but what he's doing now is a protest over police killings of african americans is drawing a huge reaction condemnation from many and support from others this morning the spotlight on football star colin kaepernick for taking a stand by refusing to stand The San Francisco 49ers quarterback remaining seated during the playing of the national anthem at three preseason games. A protest, he says, over police brutality against African Americans. Kaepernick saying in an interview, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. Adding, to me, this is bigger than football and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way. Yeah, this is how most people... Um, were introduced to Colin Kaepernick's uh, social actions. Uh, but, of course, we know there's a little bit more behind the story um, because I, I think he was just sitting down because he was tired and wasn't in the game, if I recall correctly. Uh, actually, let me give a little timeline prior to him sitting. Okay, okay so on June 4th, uh, Colin Kaepernick signed a record... Uh, 
Right, signed a record six-year uh, extension for $126 million. Mm-hmm. That was June 4th on 2014. Uh, then he had some problems in San Francisco during that season. And in November 2nd, 2015, he was benched. Um, and then that's when we came into uh, February 26, 2016, asked for a trade. And then he came back the following season. That was the August 26, 2016, and he was noticed sitting, sitting, notice the keyword sitting, during the national anthem. Right, picture, right, right. Sitting, not kneeling, sitting on the bench. You're right. I remember now. And that's going to be a very important uh, detail, and we're going to get to that. But uh, it was captured by Jennifer Lee Chan, and she was the, the, the photographer for the San Francisco 49ers. And she captured a picture of him and tweeted it out of him sitting at the back of the bench. He was in the very, very back on the sideline, sitting on the bench while the other players were standing for the national anthem. So when we, to, up to this point, he's taking the seat um, from what I thought was, I think he thought, think he was just being uh, uh, a malcontent uh, because he wasn't the starter anymore. Um, he had had some problems with injury. And I just think that he, I mean, he, this is my personal opinion. When, because I follow sports, that I just took it as him, um, like I said, being a malcontent because he didn't have the starting role that he was used to. Right, and like a baby, pretty pretty much. He was pouting, <laughs> like, nah, pouting. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I like malcontent. Right. Sounds so official. So um, Harry Edwards, we have to look and see who he is because he's important to the story. Sociologist Harry Edwards has been an activist from the day he realized that sport wasn't the toy department of human life. Edwards, a professor emeritus at Cal Berkeley, was the chief organizer of the Olympic Project for Human Rights and a guiding force behind John Carlos and Tommy Smith's 1968 Olympic protests. Decades later, he's advised Colin Kaepernick on his protests and publicly advocated for the quarterback's return to the NFL. A former basketball player at San Jose State, Edwards first organized protests at his alma mater. Over the years, he's worked for a number of sports teams and leagues, consulting on issues of diversity. Because of his outspokenness, he's received death threats and been viewed by the FBI as a national security threat. As Edwards said recently, the last words out of his mouth will probably be, I protest. He's done it his whole life, changing the sports world in the process. Right. And I think Kaepernick was friends with him or talked with him or took advice from him. Well, he was Kaepernick's um, quote unquote mentor. Ah, there you go. Um, or advisor or if you're from the school of thought, I have handler. Um, I, <laughs> nice. Yes, of course. I honestly, I honestly believe Colin Kaepernick is a useful idiot. And some maybe some have used the term I've, I've heard in the conspiracy realm of a MK MK uh, Ultra. <laughs> I'm yes. sorry. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, but we've known for sure Mr. Harry Edwards has been um, advising him. And it makes nothing but sense if he advised him on taking the seat uh, because, as they they mentioned in the previous clip, he advised uh, Carlos Edwards, and I forget the other gentleman's name, to make the protest at the 68 Olympics with the black black fist. Right, the black power fist, yep. Yeah, so he was the brains behind that. Um, So this is where we are. So um, in the next clip, we're going to hear Mr. Harry Edwards speak on Colin Kaepernick. 
So what's the next step for modern day athletes in what you call the struggle? Now the thing is power and the issue becomes for them. How do we frame it up so that we can move forward and make our contribution right now? Colin Kaepernick, San Francisco 49ers, a team that I've been with for 31 years, is the face of that effort. We have a lot of work to do in terms of trying to figure out exactly where this is going to end up in terms of the framing. And how are you? Way. How are you helping him frame that? Well, basically, it's uh, it's it's an ongoing conversation. Uh, he's very very bright. Colin is very very bright. He's very very committed. Uh, More than anything else, he wants to have a constructive uh, impact. He understands uh, the evolution of this movement in athletics going back to the pre-World War II years. He's aware of that. Um, More than anything else, I try to answer his questions and uh, to put everything in perspective and give him a broader handle on exactly where he is uh, and what he's involved in and as much as anything else, the price, the cost of what he is doing. And uh, he's good with all of that. Okay. Oh, interesting. So he's been briefed on what it's like to be an activist. And I got to say two things about that. First of all, Harry Edwards looks badass. I'm looking at his picture on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. He's, bad. Mm-hmm. he's like a shaft guy. He's got his shaft He's got a shaft vibe, yeah. And the goatee. Yeah, and second... <laughs> He keeps saying colon. What's up with that? I caught that, that too. What's I, up with that? I, I don't know if that's just a weird pronunciation of his name, mm. but yeah, I, I picked up on that as well. Mm. But he says he, uh, uh, Colin, I almost said colon myself, Colin <laughs> um, was <laughs> was aware of the price that it was going to cost him. Right. Uh, when we look at Colin Kaepernick, and I have to say this, up until this point, before him taking the seat, he was not known or a little bit before taking the seat. He wasn't known as a, a activist. No, he was a GQ pretty boy. Yes, that's what he was known for. Um, even, even to the point where he, I can't find a picture and I've challenged anybody that I've talked to. I will give them a hundred dollars. <laughs> to find Colin Kaepernick in a Trayvon hoodie, a Trayvon Martin hoodie. Because that was the easiest protest to have um, on your social media account to, you know, when uh, Trayvon Martin was killed, one of the protests you um, you saw was people taking pictures with the hoodie on. Right. You saw it even all the way up to Congress. I mean, you, politicians, everybody. But I cannot find one single picture of Colin Kaepernick with the hoodie on now and that's just that's strange to me now do you have a uh a trayvon hoodie no okay why I, why would he why would he have one because that was what everybody was doing it was everybody it was like it was almost like a uh challenge you know a kind of that kind of vibe that it, it, you had to um you know when people change their filter on their uh on their icons, oh, okay. on social media. Oh, it was, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I it, got it you. was that kind of thing. It mm. was like, so for him to be a so-called quote-unquote activist, a social justice warrior, and that to be absent, I just, I think that speaks to that he is new to this game. Right, it's, okay, agreed. That makes sense. I, he, I do have a picture of, I'm trying to get my hundred bucks. 
I have a picture of him in a hoodie, <laughs> but it's his own hoodie. It's the dear racism on not my grandparents. Sincerely, these hands. Okay. Yeah, so you're not going to, you can post that. You can find pictures even with him with Trayvon Martin's parents. But at the time on his social media, I haven't found it anywhere and nobody has collected $100. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> gotcha. So now we have to look at who all has a vested interest in Colin Kaepernick being an activist. There's a few people that I want to bring to light that people may not be aware of. One of them being uh, Miss Nessa Diab, which is Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend. Ah, it's and always the girlfriend. We, yes. Mm-hmm. Before we get into this, 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 the next clip about her, I want to give a little feedback. I mean, a little background on how they got together. Uh, well, Nessa Diab used to date Colin Kaepernick's uh, teammate Alden Smith. And there was reports, and I didn't want to get into the gossipy side um, too much of the story. I wanted to keep it just on uh, the uh, the activism uh, and the political side uh, that we normally uh, pay attention to. But they supposedly got into a fight, and it was well reported on several uh, sports news stations. They got into a locker room fight, and and the root cause was behind. She started dating Colin and, and broke it off with Alden. Uh, so that's how they came about. Uh, so let's just get into um, some background on Miss Nessa Diab. Oh, I understand that you're dating Colin Kaepernick. He is. We're talking about him a lot these days. He is amazing. What are your thoughts on him sitting and the kind of the controversy that's surrounding? I support him 100 percent, you know, and I think it's amazing that he's able to exercise his freedom of speech. And I think that that's what makes being an American amazing is that we can be open and we can say these things. And this is something that's important. And I think that we should use this to have open open dialogue and take steps to make this country a better place to live in. Now, did y'all have like a conversation before this? Did you know it was coming? No. Did you think he ever anticipated it would blow up this big? Because, I mean, you think it's not that serious. Colin truly feels this. He lives this. And it's from his heart. And that's what makes this so beautiful because this wasn't pre-planned. You know. Oh, my God. That is amazing. I couldn't resist, man. There were four amazings in there. and uh, I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. And there was an... It's all kind of, That's just me. I'm paying attention to how well, people speak. No, it's it's important that you caught that because we have to do the background on Miss Nessa Diaz. Uh-huh. She, okay. She's from Cal Berkeley. Uh, as well right. as Mr. Harry Edwards. Gotcha. She was a star student. Uh, she started Cal Berkeley at 17. Did she take, graduated so- with did she take sociology classes from the professor? Uh, communications. Oh, okay. Communications. All right. Uh, she's a popular DJ on, on one of the popular uh, urban radio stations in New York. Uh, she what is that? worked what is, MTV. KTU? BLS? What's, what's I think po- it was uh, Power... Power 95? The Power Yes, Power ninety five, ninety two, maybe. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't quote me at that, but the one of the major two, I think it's one hundred one hundred six and ninety five. One of the major two, she was the a VJ, a DJ there. She was on the popular show Girl Code on uh, MTV. Yeah, that was so horrible. So she in that's and a, she's, have you ever um, seen that Girl Code show? Yes. Oh my god, it's it's jarring. 
it's, it's, it's a fine piece of uh, mind control they have going there. There you go. Yeah, that, that's it. Yes. So in this clip, she says that her and Colin didn't discuss this, which if either way I read it, if you want to believe that they didn't discuss this, then this was just a spur a moment thing he had going and had no plan as what people want to paint it as to be. Oh, he had this grand plan to bring social awareness. All right. But I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe that it was discussed because just a little uh, foreshadowing here. She had, she's, she's going to play a very active role in this protest as, as we start going down the clips here. Uh, so I don't think she just got pulled in at the last minute. All right. So this is a, a data point of you saying, you know, as we unfold the mind control or whatever, it, she, mm-hmm. she could also be a sub handler, I guess is what we're saying here. Uh, we're we're going to get there. As, <laughs> as always, the gog- I'm ahead. Put on, no, put on the goggles. Put on the, <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> the future restricting goggles. Uh, hold on. I think, yes, I do have to put those on. Where I don't even, Here they are. Let me put my glasses on. One second. Takes a minute. Okay. Thank the, you. The future is now black. Okay. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke nice okay all right um uh, so there was one more influence that the media doesn't talk about and that is the tramp the transgender uh female mia isabella the other name that you get uh linked up with a lot and it's especially been happening more because he's been in the news colin kaepernick Mm -hmm. uh is that something you're going to be addressing on the on the podcast is there a story to address there (laughs) um I'll take my time with that. Yeah. That's somebody that I extremely, I respect extremely. You actually have uh, a... Care for extremely. I uh, think it's an incredible person. The the braveness that he's showing now, I admire. And I mm-hmm. feel like I maybe had something to do with it, making him feel bold enough to be the kind of person he's become lately. How and, did you do that? Uh, we had a great friendship, great connection. And uh, we talked a lot. I'll say that. Um, during the Tiger <laughs> situation, someone saw some kind of social media. By, by the way, can footprints. I, I should point out something that you were like, you were like, OK, I had this plan with Tiger, And it right, was and I just if we ever fumbled. got if we ever got exposed, we would just tell everybody that we were really good friends. Oh shit! And then I was like, "Hey, what about Colin Kaepernick?" And I'm you're like, like "Well, friends. I'll say we're just really good friends." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, well, that kind of well okay. explains that you one can away." Take it how you want it, I guess. Right? Okay, this is interesting. Mia Isabella, uh, you mm-hmm. uh, set her up as a, a transgender. She's a uh, transgender pornographic actress. Well, I wouldn't know all that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm doing show notes these days, and I'm doing the wiki page, and here it is, Mia Isabella. Right, and, and, show notes, right. <laughs> an American transgender, oh, former, I'm sorry, former pornographic actress, and she won her last AVN award, which is the Adult Video Awards. Uh, oh, no, she won an, an X-Biz award in 2014. I guess she quit the biz after that one. She she left on a high note. Well, my question is, just from the I'm gonna take it from the intersectionality uh, standpoint. Mm-hmm. Why is she not all over the news? She would be perfect, Say, right? Right. Like Colin stands with the transgender community. Yeah. Um, 
I think I know why, because that would hurt him in other demographics. Uh, black men who watch football? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Sure. So, just leading up to the next clip, how, how was she made not to be in the spotlight? But you do, you think you inspired him to, uh, to well, be he, bold? Well, he inspired me. I think it, even during the situation that I was going through, mm-hmm. um, this was a person who made sure to keep in contact with me and made sure to kind of uh, just make me feel like I could stand up to anything. And uh, I think it was a, a, probably an, an important moment for him as well to see how the world was reacting to me and how people were kind of just really trashing me and how I was still trying my best to stand as tall and represent and protect people. Um, I was at a really extremely low point. I was frightened. Is that because it was after the Tiger stuff was, I was all I was happening? frightened during the Tiger. I mean, yeah. I was I was so afraid of what was happening. I didn't know what was going on. Like I said, when you're dealing with crisis management people contacting you and attorneys and PR people and all the all the media, like every show out there, I'm on TMZ. I'm when you want to see all this stuff happening, and I'm just like, what in the world is going on? Uh, all right, I missed something. I missed the the Tyga fight. What 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 did I miss? Okay, so Tyga is a rapper. Oh, I, I, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Mo. Give me a little bit of credit, <laughs> just a teeny bit of credit. Okay. So so I, I was, I'm giving his title. Who used to date Kylie Jenner? Oh, so right. then okay. yeah, Mia yeah. Isabella came out and somehow got linked to Tyga. Mm-hmm. And that's when the whole whirlwind started up about her with Tyga and she like she said crisis managers attorneys TMZ and I'm asking myself Tyga is nowhere big as a celebrity as Colin Kaepernick is so why didn't he have all the crisis management going on exactly Mm -hmm. using when something is missing (laughs) it's meant to be there on purpose when something is like, I mean, that's why I played that glass clip to show you that's the normal course of these things happening. And and Tiger's a way smaller celebrity, as I stated before, than Colin Kaepernick. Mm. So you would expect the same thing. TMZ would be knocking down her door. They would be chasing her around, trying to put a microphone in her face. What what you know about Colin? What you know about Colin? But none of that happened. How do you know? Why? How do you know that Tiger or that Colin is a much bigger celebrity? I, I mean, it's. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for me to see sports guys at at a music celebrity level, but that's just me because I don't have that background. It's because he crossed over. I mean, he was a he was a pretty big star, just being a sports star. Mm. But even now, he's made it. He's bigger than he was when he played football. Got it. No, I'm not. I'm not questioning it. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah. yeah all he's, right. He's a. He's a. He's a social media superstar now got it i mean uh even his silhouette is is I- iconic at this point yeah iconic iconic yeah. iconic and and uh, designed as such it, exactly so just getting off of the the background people i just want to lay all those people out there and you know just to say <laughs> Who, who who was who was in his circle a nice crowd this whole- <laughs> he's got mm-hmm. a bunch of good right. friends <laughs> Why, why are there people missing from the story? Why are there people that's highlighted in the story? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to see, I mean, how they all play out in the future. But I wanna just want to do the backgrounder and, and lay down the foundation there. So now we have to ask, why was it such a big deal 
that he took a knee during the national anthem. Do you have any uh, any clue or ideas? Um, yes, I do. Uh, yes, I do, Mo. And uh, the reason why I do is because we looked at this uh, story on No Agenda, and the mm-hmm. biggest problem is it's a television show, and uh, the television show is uh, paid for by sponsors, and a big one around the time of the anthem is the United States military, who pay millions of dollars to have jets fly over and uh, and soldiers marching on the field and flags and all kinds of stuff. Number seven. There's a scheme involving the Pentagon that Congress is trying to shut down. It's called paid patriotism. We're talking about millions of dollars that are being funneled from the Pentagon to professional sports teams around the country every single year. In return, these sports teams honor American soldiers and they promote the military at their sporting events. I guess you could think of it as sort of like product placement. You know, Jose, you're watching your favorite YouTube video. Might not seem like a commercial, but in the back there's a perfect can of Bud Light just facing right towards you. That wasn't an accident. Accident. It is a commercial that these advertisers want to put in your face without you knowing that it's actually an advertisement that you're watching. This is sort of the same thing. According to John McCain, who actually looked really into it, and that in itself is surprising that Republicans are going after this. I think that's awesome. Anyway, according to John McCain, who's now our uh, Senate Armed Services Committee chairman, since 2012, the Pentagon paid at least $6.8 million in contracts to teams in the NFL, the MLB, NHL, and the MLS, Major League Soccer. Yes, there is a soccer league in this country. Yeah, that's less than I thought. That was for one year? Yeah, and they said, um, I think that number it goes to is the NFL. way bigger. Yeah, it goes to the NFL, not the teams, right? It goes to the NFL. Right, because then they had these individual deals. Yeah, well, they own the tele- per, they own the television rights. Yeah, the NFL yeah. owns the owns the TV rights. So, yeah. right. So per action per team, there was still more money being funneled to the teams. Like if you recognize this uh, particular person, we'll give you twenty k. I mean, I've oh, done my yeah, study yeah, yeah. and my homework. Yeah. So I mean, it's just not. I mean, it's it's bigger than me saying it, it has than, to be. It has to be. Yeah. Then it has to be. So, um, so let's just get into the second part of this clip. I have the number here. The New York Jets football team received $20,000 from the Pentagon. For what? Just to recognize one or two New Jersey Army National Guard soldiers at halftime, kind of hailing them as hometown heroes. I've seen that at games before. They kind of come in and they say their names and everyone applauds. But I didn't know that the Pentagon was secretly paying for these kinds of things. Yeah. Now, I'm all for, you know, promotion of the military. I don't mind if I'm watching television and I see those those Mercial. those commercials for the Marines or whatever. I think it's necessary. I don't blame them. Everyone does that. But at the same time, if the Pentagon's doing it in a way that we don't know, kind of like how Bud Light sneaks their little cans in there, I almost feel like they're trying to brainwash the masses. I don't know. Am, am I looking into this too much? Am I, am I being too sensitive? I just think it's weird that they kind of do it in this secretive way. It, it kind of changes how it how they're going about and it's weird yeah we call this native advertising it's been around for a while (laughs) and uh, it's of course the whole point is to be subversive to sneak it in and it since we're talking about mind control it's totally what it is and so sports is almost synonymous with war if you listen to the terminology you got the bomb you got the blitz yeah you know um uh the wishbone you know, oh wait that's not yeah the military. gridiron i mean a lot of the, yeah a lot the wishbone <laughs> just but a lot of up. the yeah a lot of the terms are um 
Yeah, military terms. Uh, of course. Uh, a military term. You got uniforms, you're fighting, fight, fight, fight. Yes, of course. And, and yeah. then but this is human nature and, and you know humans need this. This is what the Romans figured out. You know, we need the games. We need to otherwise we're going to go beat each other up. Bread and circuses. Bread so, and circus, yeah. And this is where a lot of people got pissed off at Colin Kaepernick and I was one of them. Don't interject politics into my um, football mind control. <laughs> yes, you'd like you like to buy the Gatorade <laughs> and all the other stuff that, that that they're mind controlling you with, but not the politics part. That's going what, too far. What, yeah, not not even. It's okay. I have to admit, I'm a huge uh, fantasy sports guy. Fantasy football, fantasy basketball, and for three to four hours a week. It allows me to unwind and not think about anything else that's going on in the world except my little fantasy team and my group of 12, 11 other guys that I have the, uh, our fantasy league with, and we kind of go back to childhood, right? Uh, well, you can ask me all you want, but uh, it, I'm not into fantasy anything. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, I understand. Yeah, I totally get that. So when you start injecting Bull crap, bull crap, bull crap into my mental escape because that's what it is. I mean, television is, I mean, we all have, I mean, even though I'm probably the most one of the most aware people when it comes to mind control and propaganda and all these things, we all have that little thing that we tap into. That's our escape Yeah, for a few hours for sure, whether it's reality TV show or whatever. So mine is sports. So I can empathize with people that say, what the hell are you doing, man? I don't want to, I don't want to talk about uh, social justice issues or politics during my three-hour football game. Uh, it had nothing to do with what he was protesting. You even had the people bring this up with um, with the with the, the, the breast cancer and the guys wearing pink. Like, why are they wearing pink for it? But oh, I mean, right. it's yeah, not pink like socks, a, pink shoes. Sure. Yeah. So you, but it's not something you. I mean, there's no pro bro can, breast cancer uh, people out there. So it's not. I mean, it's not like it's polarizing. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> good point. So you have this propaganda going on at that pre the pre uh, game, and then you have this guy is that is the fly in the ointment interrupting that. So something had had to change. Uh, so the question was why uh, why Colin Kaepernick took the knee? What was your initial response when you saw that Colin Kaepernick sat for the national anthem? I'll be completely honest. My initial response was was anger. You know, I was angry and disappointed because I grew up a Niner fan and I was pulling for this guy. And now he just pissed on my flag. Um, but then I just stopped making all these judgments and tried to listen to what he's talking about. Specifically, is police brutality. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I want to try to understand where he's coming from, at least somewhat, because I haven't walked around in his shoes, but he hasn't walked around in my boots. You know what I mean? So I just wrote a letter and he got a hold of it. He contacted you? Yeah, he contacted me. He said he was inspired by it and he was wanting to sit down with me, you know, just have a discussion. First thing he said when we met was, hey, I just want you to know I appreciate your service more than anything. I expressed to him, maybe there's a different way to demonstrate where you're showing 
more respect for those that lay down their lives for what that flag and anthem stands for. I suggested, you know, kneeling because people kneel to pray. You know, we'll kneel in front of a fallen brother's grave, you know, to show respect. And he said, I think that would be really powerful. Colin Kaepernick choosing not to sit on the bench this time, but to take a knee. The fact that he was willing to listen and go to a knee versus sitting, I thought was huge. That's an important step that he's taken. I think other people need to take a step too and maybe listen to him. Yeah, I remember this, and this is, for me, the weirdest link in the story, because I believe this is a, a Green Beret, if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. And the Green Beret is the one who said, who urged him, instead of sitting, which was not in protest, because, well, we just, I mean, that's obvious, because he was uh, pouty. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the, 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 what's the guy's name, the Green Beret? Uh, Nate Boyer. Nate Boyer. I he fits in somehow, but it's never really been investigated until today. Hopefully, oh, we're we're gonna we're gonna go, go to all the way into Mister Nate Warrior. But oh, good. now, Adam, mm. I'm this super woke social social justice warrior, and here comes this Green Beret Army guy telling me, "Hey, you don't need to be sitting down. You need to take a knee." And I say, oh, yeah, okay. Good idea. That doesn't sound sound very plausible to me at all. Um, So we have to get into who is this Nate Boyer character? Why him? Why Nate Boyer? With a controversy that straddled both football and patriotism. Why was his perspective so unique? He was actually interested in joining the military right out of high school, but after 9-11, he really wanted to join the Special Forces. He wanted to become a Green Beret. He was deployed initially to Iraq. He got out of the Army for a short period, and that's when he applied to uh, University of Texas. Boyer wasn't your typical college player. He tried to make the Longhorns football team as a 31-year-old walk-on an older guy that wasn't a tremendous athlete that didn't play high school football that wants to join a national championship program i mean come on now huh yeah come on now interesting yeah <laughs> interesting hmm. 31 years old and wants to join the longhorns the number like i mean national championship level longhorns team yes and he somehow walks on as a long snapper, which is probably the least important position on a football team. All right, you got to explain. The long snapper, okay. it's when someone's when, for guy. field goal, for field goal, I'm just guessing. Yeah, for, for, for field goal and punts, that's nice. the guy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy that hikes the ball back to the kicker or the place the the guy that's holding the ball for the other guy to kick. Yeah, that's, that's his only job. I never realized that wasn't the regular quarterback who does that. Center. Yeah, that's what I mean. Center. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, it's the center. Oh, yeah. Duh. But yeah, but he's a special type of center. Yeah, yeah I, which I, is I understand. called a long snapper. Yeah, because he does one thing very well. That's it. All you got to do is get the ball back to... In the guy's hands. And this, <laughs> yeah. Right. And they let this 31-year-old Walk on Green Beret Special Force guy, uh, soldier, uh, get the job. And he'd never played organized football in his life. Ever. Hmm. That's not suspicious at all. Uh, uh, 
Nate Warrior too. And he said, you're losing your first and second team deep snappers. And I can do that. And I said, have you ever done it? He said, no, never done it a day in my life, but I'm going to take a ball coach and I'm going to go to <laughs> Afghanistan and I'm going to practice every day and I'll come back as your deep snapper. And I thought, come on, Nate, this isn't going to work. Long snapper, number 37, Green Beret, Nate He started on every snap for the next three years. We had him take an American flag on the field every time we would come out. He became a team leader. Many college football players have their summers off. Boyer spent his with the Special Forces in Afghanistan. After his college career ended in 2014, the 34-year-old former Longhorn had another long shot in mind, earning a spot on an NFL roster. He called and said, Coach, do you think I'll be drafted? And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. It's unlikely for you to make it because of your size and because of your age. In the 2015 preseason, Boyer got his NFL shot with the Seahawks. In his only NFL game, he carried the American flag onto CenturyLink Field. Oh, okay. Here's what I think. (laughs) Sounds to me like this guy was doing uh, a little bit of native advertising for the United States military. And they placed him... <laughs> initially with the Longhorns, which, mm-hmm. and, you know, by the way, I live in Austin. It's a fine military industrial complex city. Lots of spooks, yeah. lots of stuff going on. Lots of retired military. So it sounds like he mm-hmm. was, uh, he was a part of his gig was uh, promoting uh, America and military on the field. And it worked for both parties because now you have this guy and they, they showed in, in this uh, piece that I snagged a clip from, uh, which was uh, from the NFL channel, NFL Films. He's at the Combine, and that's where you have the the, the potential um, players that's coming up for the draft. And there's this huge gaggle of press around, uh, press around him. Now, he's a 34-year-old long snapper. Long snapper. <laughs> huh. Hmm. Undersized. Not my words. That was um, Max Brown, Mac Brown's words from... Uh, uh, from the Longhorns, undersized, thirty-four years old. Which at thirty-four years old, you're it's, you're over the hill. You're at right? the end. Of, you're yeah. at the end of your prime yeah. for professional football players. Now, did you are did you already find this very suspicious in putting together your fantasy team? I'm sure you didn't include the shill. No, I, I found it very. As I started peeling back the layers, because I mean, as soon as I saw Colin Kaepernick in the news for taking the, making a political stance, I was like, "Who? What? Colin Kaepernick? I'm mean, that. That would be the first. Uh, let me be honest with you. I'm gonna be completely 100 percent honest with you. <clears throat> My first thing was Colin Kaepernick is black. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was like some kind of Drake. <laughs> like I thought it a- was. He was very racial. We use this term racially ambiguous. I mean, he mm-hmm. could be. Hispanic, he could be Arab. I mean, you didn't know. I mean, you saw him, especially when he has hair cut short, as he that's how he yeah, wore it when he, he was. Yeah, he looks much more Hispanic than uh, right. Than so African I was American. like, that was my first thing was uh, that took me back. I'm like, he's black, and then <clears throat> after that, I'm like, he he like you said, he's a the GQ model. Yeah, <clears throat> he wasn't concerned with um because you have certain players in the NFL that are known for being uh for being outspoken on social issues. Uh, you have um, Michael Bennett. You had, uh, what's the guy from Seattle Seahawks? 
I, I forget his name, but it's it's a few of them that you know. But he not this guy, not Colin Kaepernick. Is he? So a, I started. Digging. Is uh, is Kaepernick Ados? I don't know what he is. Mm. The reason why I say that is his mother is white, mm-hmm. which that I mean that doesn't matter, right? And they don't speak of his father, and he was adopted by a white family. I think at five weeks old. Mm. So I mean, we don't know much about his history, which it doesn't matter. I mean, in the grand scheme, no, of no, things, no, no, no. It was just because this is the Mo Fact no, Show. Yeah, it, it was just shocking that he was black. Period. Right. I mean, because and the reason why. I, let me explain why I say this, because for people, like, what does it matter? When a black quarterback comes in the NFL, That's they usually, it, they label it as a black quarterback. I mean, because the, 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 yeah, so you can, so we, we have, wait, wait, so we have, didn't yeah. we have a, a, a Super Bowl in recent memory with two black quarterbacks and they made a big deal out of it? Yes, and every time a black quarterback goes to the Super Bowl, they make a big deal out of it. Every time a black quarterback is drafted, they make a big deal out of it because the usual MO is the black quarterback <clears throat> is going to play a certain style of football. Ah. And, and that was the that was knock against the black quarterback because they were like in the 70s and 60s is they don't have the mental capacity to to uh, to play the position, you know. Hmm. So <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah, I'm laughing, yeah, but that's, seriously, <laughs> you even did it with a sports announcer voice. I like that. <laughs> well, clearly, these Afro Ken so, Americans don't have the mental capacity for quarterbacking. That was the justification. So we are we, we very sensitive when a black quarterback comes into the NFL. Mm. Uh, so that that's what took me back about uh, Colin Kaepernick. So then, when the Green Beret thing came up, I'm like, hold on. And then you're supposed to be this so-called, unquote, quote-unquote, radical. Then you let a uh, military guy come in and tell you to take a knee, which, as he said in the clip himself, taking a knee is like a sign of obedience. Yes. So I was like, bull, bull crap. <laughs> I mean, I started calling bull crap from the very beginning, which was very unpopular. Uh, which is very uh, common for me to be on the very unpopular <laughs> side of <laughs> not not with the with the it girls, huh? huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm just a you know uh, just a troublemaker. Mm. So this thing plays out, and he's taking his knee, and then he gets he gets his job back to play football, and he's still taking the knee for the 49ers in the same season that he originally started taking the knee, but. Even Colin Kaepernick is certain things that no black person could ever say. And he touched the third rail of blackdom of not voting. At this point, I'm sure Colin Kaepernick is used to receiving backlash. But after letting it be known that he had no intentions of voting, many of his supporters jumped off the bandwagon. So young Cap felt compelled to explain his position via a conference call with members of the press. I've been very disconnected from the systematic oppression as a whole, Kaepernick said. So for me, it's another face that's going to be the face of that system of oppression. And to me, it didn't really matter who went in there. The system remains intact that oppresses people of color. Never mind that University of Alabama football coach Nick Saban admitted he wasn't even aware that there was an election. The media and namely Stephen A. Smith sounded off on Kaepernick for not voting as if not voting negates the money he's donated and programs that he's implemented since his protest became public. Now, did he announce this or how did this come to light that he was not voting? 
I think it was one of those TMZ kind of things where mm-hmm. they're like on the street and they put a mic in your face, ask you about the election. And he was like, yeah, I'm not voting because both of them are bad. I mean, just to very simplify what, what, he, what his statement was. And why is this, which, why is this the third rail? Because if you're black, you got to vote. Gotcha. I, even just, just for some context, I get feedback now for my stance on this show. Like, how dare you tell people not to vote? You know, um, well, I'll, I'll give you an example of what it sounds like. Uh, ESPN's, ESPN host slams Colin Kaepernick. I appreciated what you said about Colin Kaepernick. As, as someone who's 54, registered to vote when I turned 18, I've never in my life missed voting in an election. Expand on what you had to Expand on what you had to say about him. Well, listen, the fact is he had every right to protest. And when he was talking about uh, racial injustices and things of that nature, you certainly could understand where he was coming from. It was a quiet protest. He didn't impede anybody's ability to watch the game, to come to the games or anything like that, which is why I went on Good Morning America, my show first take on ESPN2 every weekday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon and other outlets to support him. However, the second that he decided that he was not going to vote and then to publicly reveal that he wasn't voting. I thought it was egregious to the highest order. I thought it compromised everything that he was standing for. And more importantly, I thought it was a disrespect to our ancestors, to people who have bled and fought and died for him to have the right to do that. And then also take into account the fact that we have a president who is outgoing in Barack Obama, who captured 93 percent of the black vote, who obviously black folks come out and support. He went before the Congressional Black Caucus and went campaigning for, on behalf of Hillary Clinton, basically imploring our community to activate itself in this election if you had any respect whatsoever for his legacy. I need a bell just on my, just around me all the time. Just when I hear the word activate, I got I to gotta ring the bell too. Yes. Okay. So he was not on board with the program. He didn't want to activate for Hillary. And that's when he got canceled. <sighs> and what was, his, what was his reasons behind this? Because he understood his uh, fan base. He's very conscious. Of, well, I'm not going to say he because I don't think he's very. I'm, I'm, I don't I'll say think he's he, as, he doesn't look that smart. I don't think I want to say smart. He's a, he, I, I'll say this because I, the reason why I wouldn't say smart because he was a 4.0 student in high oh, school. Okay, we'll take that back. I don't think he's that aware. And there's very a lot of reasons for that. Being a biracial person that was raised by a, a total white family, growing up in a total white community, he's not as aware of race as a quote unquote typical black well, person. Well, he didn't have the the same upbringing where where the you got to vote was hammered into you, so it, it's right, you know, yeah. Okay. So when he says these things, but I think him not voting was very calculated because if you link him as it loosely is to Black Lives Matter, that was a large portion of his. Because you got to look at these things they were running uh, concurrent at the same time. Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter 2016, they were on a, a meteoric rise. So was Kaepernick and they kind of converged together. Yeah, they converged. It, right. They converged. And for him, and, you know, Black Lives Matter was very uh, anti-establishment and anti-Hillary Clinton. 
So for him to come out and say, yeah, uh, and be yeah. used as a tool for Hillary Clinton, then that would damage his brand. And this is all about brand here. Yes. Okay. So it was a very calculated, I think wisely calculated. I mean, and a lot of his moves that look stupid, you have to understand they look stupid because you're thinking about, not you, but people are thinking about him in the terms of him getting back into the NFL. Right. No, he's thinking I'm going to build this brand because I wasn't that good of a football player last time I played. Even if I get back in the NFL, I'll be mediocre at best. Now, he will be better than half of the guys that are uh, either starting quarterback or backup quarterbacks. So I'll give him that credit. And I think that's a very disingenuous argument when people say, oh, he wasn't good enough to play. No, it's a lot of trash quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Well, so you got, <clears throat> But you got to have a certain um, amount of, well, it could be wokeness or, I mean, mm-hmm. awareness for sure. If you know, okay, wait a minute. If I, I'm not that. I mean, he made a career choice. I'm not that great a player, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I've I've got a brand, and I think a lot of things happened. You know, the hair change. Well, I'm sure we'll get to that, or maybe not. But the hair change mm-hmm. was a significant. That's that was a true branding uh, move, and that was immediate. I mean, because I think it, when he was start process, he had uh, right afro. away he had that big afro. So, so he had the afro. He was ready. He was ready for casting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now you're right. You're right. You're right. So, so that so the decision had already been made, and then of course he's in his mind. He's already thinking, okay, I don't win if I if I come out publicly for Trump because no one mm-hmm. does, and I don't win if I come out publicly for uh, Clinton because of the Black Lives Matter convergent convergence with yeah. what he was doing. Okay, got it. I'm there. So, you asked the question about his handlership. Uh, it started off, in my opinion, it started off with Mr. Harry Edwards, but there was a transition uh, because, uh, and this is quoting from a May 11th article uh, from ESPN 2017, Mr. Harry Edwards made a statement that three teams have inquired about Colin Kaepernick, advisor says, and it goes on, he goes on to talk about the teams that were interested in Colin Kaepernick, right? Mm-hmm. But immediate after that, <clears throat> Um, Nessa Diab refused to claim. So this is where the handler, his handlers made a transition from it being uh, Mr. Harry Edwards being handed over to Miss Nessa Diab. Well, Vic, many fans want to know how close were the Ravens to signing Colin Kaepernick. Ray Lewis says they were about to close this deal, but one tweet changed it all. 8.24 in the a.m. Baltimore Ravens getting... Making headlines yet again. The whole Colin Kaepernick mess. Colin Kaepernick and Ray Lewis are at center stage with Lewis shedding light on why the Ravens backed away from the controversial quarterback. Nobody had this kid a job in the National Football League. I can raise my hand and say I did. Once a star for the 49ers, poor play and a protest of the National Anthem. Quite a moment here in San Francisco. Has Kaepernick looking for a new job? I'm going to continue to stand with the people that are being oppressed. When 
Joe Flacco was first injured, the Ravens expressed interest in Kaepernick but never signed him. Shortly after, Kaepernick's girlfriend slammed owner Steve Bishotti and Ray Lewis, posting a tweet that mirrors the movie picture of a house slave hugging his racist master. The only thing that went bad, the only thing that went bad was that image where she tried to make us a racist. Lewis on Showtime's Inside the NFL. We were going to close the deal. To sign him. To sign him. All we wanted to hear was hear Colin Kaepernick speak. Then his girl goes out and puts out this racist gesture. She doesn't know we're in the back office about to about to try to get this guy to sign. Yeah, but maybe she did know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. Why, if, if your goal is to get back into the NFL, why would your girlfriend, a.k.a. your handler, tweet out a picture of she had on one side she had the owners of the Baltimore Ravens being hugged by Ray Lewis the the uh legendary uh iconic linebacker from the Baltimore Ravens on one side and then she had a picture of Django Unchained <laughs> with uh the 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 quote unquote uh Uncle Tom house slave hugging the white slave owner yeah, the, Why would you do that if your goal is to get back in the NFL? This, yeah, that doesn't seem like that's your goal. If, if, well, of course he didn't do it, but she did it, and and of course he he immediately broke up with her and uh, and publicly said she was a horrible person, right? Not at all. <laughs> and just as a side, <laughs> oh. just as a side note, Baltimore Ravens have taken a black quarterback. Um, I'm drawing blanks today. Uh, they have a currently have a black quarterback that they drafted, and he's been very successful in their system. So much so that he's being in in the uh, runnings for MVP talk. Hmm. Uh, so Colin Kaepernick could have played that. He had the same skill set. Uh, Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson. That's hmm. his name. It had hmm. to come back to me. He had the same skill set as Lamar Jackson, and he could have had the same level of success because they, they built a system around his skills. Of running the football, you know, and uh, well, not get too much in sports, but he could have had the sim- he could have had similar success. But I don't think that's what was that's not what is wanted for Colin Kaepernick. No, so once not. again, he once again he becomes toxic. He overcame the voting thing. Uh, NFL teams were looking at him again. Now, uh, now, was there was there any more conversation with his girlfriend? Was she interviewed? Did she give any any decent explanation of what she was thinking? Not at all. Uh, okay, so this so this is that's odd too. There was no TMZ interview. Why did you ruin your boyfriend's career? None of that. None of that. Huh. Okay. So now, Mister uh, Colin Kaepernick is uh, completely toxic. Uh, the the kneeling thing had died down, but then enter Mr. Donald Trump. <laughs> it was a remarkable show of solidarity and defiance aimed directly at Donald Trump. What's up? In stadium after stadium, anthem after anthem, National Football League players on one knee. Others with raised fists or locked arms, sometimes along with team owners. Some teams staying in their locker rooms for the anthem. Some anthem singers themselves joining the protest. 
all of it, a response to Trump's comments Friday about players who protest this way, who, in Trump's view, disrespect the U.S. flag. Get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. Trump and his supporters frame it as unpatriotic, but the protests are aimed at highlighting racial inequality in the U.S. That's why former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick began it last year, a move, say some, that cost him his career, as no team hired Kaepernick this season. But Trump's comments and his calls to now boycott the NFL and the view by many Trump is sympathetic to racist views. And all of a sudden, this. Yeah. So Trump used Colin Kaepernick in the NFL for two reasons. One, I think it was during the Roy Moore uh, election when he was in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Alabama, Mississippi? I, I, I forget. One I, of the two. Pretty, had the, pretty sure it was Alabama. It was Alabama, right? That's why he made this comment. Uh, so he needed he needed some deflection from that whole uh, debacle that was going on down there because, I mean, Roy Moore was the worst candidate ever, but he had to back him, right? Mm. Yeah, because he's Republican. Two, no, 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 because of the allegations that were made against him about the young girls or whatever. I mean, that it was just uh, true or not, it was just bad optics mm. to have to support a guy like that, right? So he no needed kidding. some attention. So you, think that's, you, think that, you think Trump did it for that reason? Oh, well, I'm going to get to that's one reason. But the second reason is he hates the NFL. Trump hates the NFL. Yes. Let me explain the history to you. Uh-huh. OK, so Mr. Um, is this craft guy is his buddy? Yeah, Kraft is his buddy. Uh, Jimmy, uh, Jerry Jones from the Cowboys is his buddy. But the NFL. OK, Trump once ha- had a team in the USFL which was a direct competitor of the NFL. Oh, and he, okay. And he sued the NFL oh. and won a Monopoly case. Uh, he won, He only won $3. What, I mean, they ruled in his favor. Say, this is like the 90s? Is this early 90s, I think? When I this think like late 80s, early yeah, 90s, somewhere okay. around that period. I, I was in New York at the time, so I kind of remember that. And I remember yep. it was like... What kind? Of, and he had a team too, didn't he? Put a team together for his yeah. His he, he had a, he had a team in the USFL, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he yeah. he and they were they were playing football in the springtime, but then he moved it in direct competition with the NFL in the fall. Yeah. So that I mean, and, and so he sold him. That. He won. He won. Uh, but then the other thing was, Mr. Trump tried to buy a team in the NFL. And the way it works is to get a team in the NFL, even if you have the money, you, you have to, you have have to the be votes. In, you have to be invited. Yeah, you got to. It's, it's uh, yeah. It's it, it's the billionaire boys club is right. what it is. Right. Uh, it's like my fantasy league. You know, I mean, that's what it is for billionaires. I mean, they have their teams. Uh, most of them make money elsewhere, and it's just their passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're like, we're not letting this guy Trump in. You know, so <laughs> that really gall Trump. Like, oh, okay. You don't want to sell me a team because he tried to buy the Buffalo Bills. So just to uh, back up my claims, we have Jaguar owner uh, Khan speaking on Trump. President Trump hasn't been shy about voicing his displeasure with the NFL. And one owner says the president's attacks on the league are personal. Jaguars owner Shad Khan told USA Today that the president's assault against the NFL is, quote, about money or messing with trying to soil a league or a brand that he's jealous of. 
The president has railed on the NFL on social media for its handling of the national anthem controversy. And though most owners were hesitant to comment on the president as they wrapped up league meetings in New York, Khan was very candid. Trump was unsuccessful in attempting to purchase the Buffalo Bills back in 2014, and Khan reportedly thinks that could be a motivating factor, saying he's been elected president where maybe a great goal he had in life to own an NFL team is not very likely. So to make it tougher or to hurt the league, it's very calculated. Huh. Well, Trump is definitely someone who's on record saying as he believes in retaliation, so... Yep, and just to give uh, this guy Khan credibility in his claim, he's donated to Trump's election uh, um, uh, election fund. Mm. So it's weird. It's weird. It's this weird thing going on between these billionaires. Of <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, they're very petty in yes. certain ways. Yes, uh, yes, they are. So the NFL, this is what caused the second wave, and a huge, like as they said in the uh, previous clips and the one we just played. It was league-wide protest. All the guys were taking a knee. Uh, some guys were raising the fist. Uh, players were walking out of practice. Staying, I mean, staying in the police. locker room, even. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about doing practice. <laughs> they wasn't even they wasn't even practice. Uh, so the NFL owners had to take action. And what they did was they put together this fund. I think of like eighty-eight million dollars mm-hmm. to donate towards uh, minority causes. Minor- uh, minority, kind of, minority causes, not yeah, not Black causes. Lives Matter, but minority causes. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of smoothed things over, um, but it caused a rift between um, Colin Kaepernick and the NFL players. Now I want to introduce another. Um, I didn't doing the clips because there are not many clips to have on him. But one thing Colin Kaepernick is known not to do is talk. Nobody heard, hear, hears him talk. All he does is tweet. Uh, but he has his attack dog, Eric Reed. Eric Reed was a guy that played with him in San Francisco and took a knee with him when he was taking his knee. And every time Eric, um, Colin Kaepernick has beef with somebody, Eric Reed addresses it either verbally or even attempting to physically approach people. So we have Stephen A. Smith speaking on Eric Reed versus Malcolm Jenkins. Let's get into the particulars, for example. The $89 million. Did y'all know that part of the agreement is that the owners will match whatever the players contribute up to a quarter of a million dollars annually to certain causes pertaining to the African-American community. The kind of issues that Colin Kaepernick and others were talking about addressing. We know this. If you don't know it, you know it now. Number two, the NFL, Colin Kaepernick himself, Eric Reed himself, they were never protesting against the National Football League and its owners. They were protesting against society in terms of wanting to bring attention to racial oppression, racial inequality, and other things pertaining to uh, disenfranchised communities throughout our nation. They were not complaining against the National Football League. Yeah, and here I come. I'm a television network, and I say, hey, we got a little problem. Uh, you know, we're getting uh, this, uh, you know, a lot of flack about our telecast and it's too controversial and the military you know they they don't want to buy as many ads around the program because you know they're kind of ruining our flyover mm-hmm. so th- this had to end so it just to fill people in on who malcolm jenkins is jenkins is 
Malcolm Jenkins was the guy that came in and said, you know what? He was the face of the Players Association mm. to say, you know what? We can monetize this thing for charities. <laughs> right. And, you know, right. they basically they hijacked Colin Kaepernick's movement. Um, Which is what player associations do very well, by the way. Well, well, I mean, that's what people do all the time. If you if you just want to complain about something and don't want to monetize it, there's somebody out there saying we can monetize this thing. And that's what they did. And NFL owners found them favorable to work with because they weren't being uh, just uh, anarchist. Uh, so they came to this agreement, $89 million, as, as it said in the clip. And that caused, like I said, a rift between the Colin Kaepernick faction uh, which included Eric Reed against Malcolm Jenkins and the Players uh, Association. And we'll hear Stephen A. speaking more about it in part two. Number three, when you talk about Malcolm Jenkins and the Players Coalition, they're saying their priority wasn't Colin Kaepernick. Their priority were the issues. We even have Josh Norman quoted on the record beefing with Eric Reed over a conference call written by an article in, the, in our very own The Undefeated where he was saying to Eric Reed, let's just be real about what's going on here. Where's Colin Kaepernick to speak up for himself? And oh, by the way, this is bigger than just one man. We understand that what's happening to Colin Kaepernick is wrong, but this issue is bigger than him. And if we're about uplifting and helping our communities, that takes precedent. Hmm. So once again, Colin Kaepernick finds himself on the outside. Yes, <laughs> he's kicked uh, out. Yeah. You, you see his trend here of this well, getting it, close to coming back to the NFL and then something happens and it, you know, it's just this bob and weave thing. It seems like if if I looked at it from a handler perspective, it's like, you know, okay, let him get close. Controversy, pull him back. And we're going to go mm -hmm. over there. Let him get close. Controversy and pull him back. That's kind of what it feels like. And that's exactly what it seems like to me as well. So then in steps Nike. Nike is defending its controversial new ad campaign after backlash from President Trump and other critics. In an interview, the president said Nike is sending a terrible message, he says, by partnering with unsigned NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick. But he added their freedom to do so is what this country is all about. Kaepernick triggered the NFL player protest against social injustice back in 2016 by kneeling during the national anthem. CBS This Morning Saturday co-host, that's Dana Jacobson, joins us at the table. She's been following the Nike controversy from the beginning. Dana, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, this is not going away and the season hasn't even started yet. Uh, an NFL executive, at least one, has expressed support for Kaepernick, saying in part the social justice issues that Colin and other professional athletes have raised deserve our attention and action. But Nike's decision is also fanning the flames on social media. Nike's controversial endorsement of Colin Kaepernick is reigniting the debate over NFL players taking a knee during the national anthem. All right. So Nike comes in. They make him part of the uh, Just Do It uh, campaign. What was the size uh, of his deal at the time? Do you know? It was it was undisclosed how much he made, but it was in the millions, I'm sure. Oh, no doubt. Uh, but one little caveat is, have you ever heard of uh, Mr. Mark Garagos? Yes, a uh, lawyer in uh, Los Angeles. He's a very famous lawyer. Yes, he was Mark Garagos was Colin Kaepernick's attorney. But okay, yeah. he's also tied in with something to do with Nike as well. 
Business Insider reports lawyer Michael Avenatti was arrested and charged with attempting to extort $20 million from sportswear brand Nike on Monday. Avenatti's basis for the alleged extortion attempt was that he had information related to the NCAA basketball scandal that would put Nike in a negative light. The attorney for adult film star Stormy Daniels allegedly tried to force Nike to pay up by threatening to harm the company if his demands were not met. Later Monday, Nike responded by saying that it was complying with federal investigations in NCAA basketball and will not be extorted. Celebrity attorney Mark Garagos was named a co-conspirator in the Avenatti case, which was filed in the Southern District of New York. Yeah, I remember this, and I remember making a deal about it on No Agenda. Uh, and I got a, a number of emails from, from people, my friends, who said, oh, man, Gar- Garagos is an okay guy. So, you know, I'm, they weren't sure what was up with, uh, with Avenatti and what, uh-huh. how that fit together. But they were definitely, I mean, I think he's also Adam Carolla's lawyer. And I'm just Ab- speaking on the, lo- the weird love triangle that's going on there between Avenatti, Nike, and Garagos, where Garagos and Avenatti were partners. But then Avenatti's trying to extort Nike, and then you got Colin Kaepernick working for Nike, and he's Garagos is his lawyer. So it's just it's just well, the it re- has nothing to the, add to the story, but it was just a weird little. No, it does because I think that's it's it's a tactic. It's probably a Garagos tactic. It's like all right, well we're gonna mess with you over here because we need something for you for our for for Cap. And we're going to make some trouble over here. And by the way, I never heard a follow-up. It sounds totally plausible that Nike was, you know, that Nike's scandalously uh, giving money to high school kids. Totally believable. Uh, mm-hmm. And I remember they came out and I think they countersued and I don't know what happened. Uh, th- so, And that's also odd. So that, why didn't they vigorously defend that, make a big, well, was there a lawsuit? Was there a court ruling? It kind of fizzled away. So it sounds like shenanigans. Yeah, so I just add that in there. It doesn't have any any uh, value to the timeline. It was just a weird little okay. uh, uh, factoid. Do you have another question? What yeah. the hell station did you get that clip from where there's some British woman talking about our sport? That's the only place I could find anything <laughs> on that subject. Okay. All over the web. I mean, you know, wow. I, I, I scour you're, YouTube you're a for researcher. these clips. Yeah, you're a researcher. <laughs> yeah, you are. So just to give the audio um, back, background I needed, that's that's why I found it. Uh, so that's one lawsuit. I mean, but so now Colin Kaepernick, he ends up settling with the NFL. A surprise development happened just as we were walking into the studio. Former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick has settled his lawsuit with the National Football League. Kaepernick sued the league last year, claiming 32 teams colluded to keep him off the NFL roster because he was taking a knee during the national anthem. Now, we don't know many details about the settlement, but Kaepernick had previously signaled that only a lucrative financial payout will convince him to drop the suit. What does this mean, and what does it mean for Kaepernick's future? He's 31 years old. You would have to think he could still play if he wants. Fox News contributor, she used to be at ESPN, where she thrived there, Britt McHenry with a rich uh, sports background. Britt, Michael Freeman, a respected NFL reporter, is reporting, get this, that he's getting $60 million. What does that tell you? It tells me, Brian, that money will make a problem go away or it will make a social justice warrior really happy and really rich. But I have to tell you, I did a little reporting on my own. I reached out to an NFL source of mine, an NFL agent, who said he would be shocked if that was the number. Well, it, it was the number, wasn't it? It was, the, it was high, I thought. 
Well, the Wall Street Journal came back and reported that was way low. Oh. We're talking about in single digit millions. So that 60 was right after the settlement had like closed, finalized. Mm. So I think that was a tactic to show that uh, Colin Kaepernick took, uh, put, uh, put the NFL over the barrel kind of thing. Um, and the law, and the, and the lawsuit was specifically because he wasn't collusion. playing. Oh, because they were uh, well, the teams it, were colluding not to not to not to hire him to, to blackball him right. or whiteball him or however you want to depend on what side of the, yeah, gotcha. the spectrum you're on. But yeah, um, yeah, that that was what it was stop, all about. Stop the show. Yes. Do you with your with your other friends say whiteballing instead of blackballing? No, that's a that's a okay. woke term. I just want to make sure. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, just checking, man. That's that's what the show is about too. I gotta lie, I wanna know what's going on. All right. Yeah, so that's the woke term for blackballing is is <laughs> I'm gonna use balling. that. I'm gonna use that everywhere now. <laughs> hey bro, stop whiteballing me. Okay. I'm I'm just practicing. Yeah. So um <laughs> but him settling didn't sit well with a lot of people because what they try to do was tie Colin Kaepernick and with Ali. That was the comparison. You know, Muhammad Ali, for those people that don't know, which was a bull, bullshit comparison, excuse my language, because Muhammad Ali was the best at his sport. Yes. And he refused to be used by the military industrial complex, as we saw in previous shows. Go look it up how they used uh, Joe Lewis. Mm-hmm. Because he wasn't going to. They weren't going to put a gun in Ali's hand and, you know, make him go fight in Vietnam. No, they wanted to do the Elvis trick. You know, like, right, oh, there's right. Elvis. You know, yep. That was called the USO, I believe, mm-hmm. where you go around and, you know, <laughs> do some exhibitions. Yes. I mean, they used Joe Lewis as the exact same way in World War II. Yeah. But uh, Ali was like, no, I'm not going to do it uh, for for uh, religious reasons. That was his whole purpose. I mean, he said, I'm a minister for the uh, nation of Islam. And I'm not going to fight your war. And he sat down for three years. He didn't settle. You know, he took, you know what I'm saying? He fought, fought the whole thing. So Colin Kaepernick settling really hurt his case. And Stephen A. Smith uh, took an issue with that. Well, here's where the problem lies. What did you win, Colin Kaepernick? I want to know the money. I want to know what the details of the settlement are. That's what I want to know. You don't sit up there and get to get martyred by everybody and their grandmother all of these over the last two years with everybody making a case about how he's being blackballed. He's being ostracized and all of this other stuff. You don't get to sit up there and send out tweets thanking Rihanna and other stars who refused to perform at halftime for the Super Bowl in protest in support of you because their belief was that you have been blackballed. And there's a nation of folks, particularly from the minority community, that have been standing up, screaming, hooting and hollering about how you have been ostracized, how you have been mistreated. And then all of a sudden you quietly reach a settlement and we don't know what the hell it entails. That's my problem with all of this. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants some a little taste of that money. So Colin Kaepernick's on the outs again. <laughs> This is they're doing it very well. Whoever's running him, they're doing a good job. Cause he's like, man, you took you took the you took the money. You were supposed to take the NFL owners to trial, you know, expose them, you know, for for whiteballing you. And you know, that was the whole purpose. But for from his I'm speaking from his backer standpoint of view. Uh this is what they wanted to show, you know, uh the power structure 
that they could be, you know what I'm saying, you know, made to kneel, for I me, mean, pun intended. Right. Uh, so, here we are, present day. Uh, NFL, so we go, we're going to go to one of the most official sports references there is, The Real. So last night it was announced for the NFL that Colin Kaepernick was invited to a private workout in Atlanta this Saturday, which means that this free agent man might have the chance to play on the NFL team again. Yeah. didn't that he stirred up some controversy in 2016 when he took a knee to protest yep. police brutality. So I want to know, how do you guys feel about this chance of Colin being back on the NFL? Yeah. Woo! Yeah. They love it. All for it. I think it's, it's long, it's long overdue. Yeah. Yeah. long over the years. I think that um, what Colin um, kneeling for, we're still working on yes. to try to improve yep. police brutality, but he brought attention to it. Yeah. So I much think awareness. he sacrificed a lot. Yeah. Well done. Um, remind people that Colin opted out of his contract in 2017. He was yep. not fired. He opted out of yeah, it to try right. to get um, more money. And then what happened was with all the kneeling and everything, there was some controversy about bringing him back. Right. Yeah. They had a settlement because there was a lawsuit about uh, collusion yep. um, to keep him out. He, they settled it. Yep. It was um, confidential, The you know, the what settlement. happened. Yeah, so we don't know actually what was the requirements. But then it just seems like he was still getting Black, um, black hey man, did the ladies of the real just alter history there? No, they laid it out perfectly like it was, and that's why that's why I use that clip. What did you find as altered uh, uh, that, uh, that he op- that he opted out of his contract in 2017? Maybe I misunderstood. That's very factual. He had one more year left ah, with okay. the San Francisco 49ers, and he opted out of that final year. Okay. Well, first of all, I, now I'm happy that uh, I know that I can brush up on my football by watching the ladies of the real. <laughs> happy about that. I like that. <laughs> okay. So the, so the reason why I use this clip is to answer the other question you had about his celebrity. Now do you see how big it is? Big, big. Yes. Gotcha. So now and we're at present time. The sketch, uh, was it last Saturday? Yeah. The, the, the workout was, and you made a, a, a astute um, observation that this was a private combine for Mr. Colin Kaepernick. Nobody has ever seen this before. One player combine where all, uh, it was what, 25 teams were going to come to see him showcase his abilities. But as expected on my part, it didn't go off as planned. And it was it ended and Mr. Colin Kaepernick coming from out of the shadows and actually getting from the microphones and having a rant. How's everybody doing? Pretty good, pretty good. How you doing? Good. Good. How you doing? Hey, let me start by saying I appreciate y'all all coming out. That means a lot to me. Our biggest thing with everything today was making sure we had transparency in what went on. We weren't getting that elsewhere, so we came out here. It's important that y'all are here. Y'all been attacked for the last three years. Y'all continue to be attacked. We appreciate what y'all do. We appreciate you being here today. We appreciate the work you do for the people and telling the truth. That's what we want in everything. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. 
So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth, stop running from the people. We're out here, we're ready to play. We're ready to go anywhere. My agent, Jeff Nally, is ready to talk to any team. I'll interview with any team at any time. I've been ready, I'm staying ready, and I'll continue to be ready. And to all the people that came out here today to support, I appreciate y'all, I love y'all. To the people that aren't here, I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you supporting from where you are. We'll continue to give you updates as we hear. We'll be waiting to hear from Roger Goodell, the NFL, the 32 teams. We'll let you know if we hear from them. Ball's in their court, we're ready to go. So yeah, I saw this, uh, and I and I it got my interest because I know he doesn't talk, and I of course I learned that from you, okay, and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and I see him there, and I I to me here's what my spidey sense told me: one, he's wearing his Nike shirt, like okay, that's not you know when when you're a, a paid uh, endorsement, a, a spokesmodel, uh, you don't put it on for free. And you put it on when you're told to put it on, and there's, and there's always something associated with that. And the second one, he kept saying, we ready, we ready, we ready. And to me, that felt like a just do it type thing. It felt mm -hmm. like a campaign. Yeah, the whole, this whole thing was a media stunt. Well, let, me, let me be clear, because I'm unbiased. This whole thing was a media stunt from both sides. The NFL put this thing on because they're having their 100-year anniversary and they wanted to put a nice little bow on this whole Colin Kaepernick thing and have it be over with, right? They know he doesn't want to play football. <laughs> they, they know this as we see it now. It's like every time this guy gets the opportunity to play football, some, something happens where he blows it himself. So what we're <laughs> going to do is we're going to put on this huge spectacle in Atlanta in the blackest city in America Invite him on down, uh, and then we're gonna let him put the ball. We're gonna put the ball in his court. But no, 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 no. <laughs> then the handlers went. Colin Kaepernick close. handler said, "Oh no, <laughs> oh, no." <laughs> so what they did was three hours before the um, private workout was supposed to begin, they said, "No, we're not doing that. We're gonna hold our own workout." And that's where this clip was taken from that we just heard. Um, it was. Now, if you have three, if you know you're not going to, well, you know what? I'm going to let uh, Stephen A. Smith, and it's important that we use Stephen A. Smith throughout this whole story because they're juxtaposed, and we'll get to that how, why and how they're juxtaposed in a minute. But Stephen A. speaks on uh, Colin Kaepernick doesn't want to play. He wants to be a martyr. So let me get this straight. Colin Kaepernick has been working out all of this time. Him people in his camp, his close ones, loved ones, everybody talking about he wants to play football. He wants to play football. He's ready to play. Just give him the chance. So what does the NFL do? Recognizing that teams need a shield because they need something to hide behind because they know that guess what if we bring this brother in for a workout and we don't like him or we don't want him who knows what we're going to get accused of we need cover so the nfl provides that i have no doubt jay-z's involved i have no doubt roger goodell is involved i have no doubt there's a host of people involved but forget all of that <laughs> i like this guy <laughs> forget all that <laughs> nice 
He's a sports sportscaster, so, yeah. Oh, he is the sportscaster over at ESPN. Okay, I got you. So this happened, this was Saturday afternoon after Colin Kaepernick makes his rant. Stephen A. Smith, you're saying, is beside himself because um, I think he kind of smells what's going oh, on. Oh, he's on. He's totally well, on to it. He's, he sees it. Or Yeah, of course. But we're going to let uh, Stephen A. Smith continue about him being a martyr. This man wanted a chance. 25 teams show up in Georgia at the Atlanta Falcons practice facility, state-of-the-art facility, NFL personnel, equipment, everything, video, everything. And what does Colin Kaepernick do? Not Tuesday when he found out about it, not Wednesday, not Thursday, not Friday, Saturday. Three hours before the workout. Because of some issue with a liability waiver. Colin Kaepernick wants to change the venue. Colin Kaepernick wants his own receivers. Colin Kaepernick wants to video things himself. Hmm. Colin Kaepernick wants the media. This Colin Kaepernick, the media can't find him. He ain't done no interviews. He ain't talked to nobody. Media can't find him, but he wants to do it. He wants the media available now. He don't want to play. He wants to be a martyr. An agent of change. <laughs> so, a lot of, he was been, he's been critical, as we heard in previous clips, of Colin Kaepernick not voting. But other times, he's been supportive for Colin Kaepernick on his show. Uh, but Colin Kaepernick not only didn't piss off Stephen A. Smith, he also has pissed off uh, undisputed uh, host Shannon Sharp. I'm disappointed with how Cap handled the situation. I think everybody knows that's watched this show for the last three years, Skip. I've been one of Cap's biggest supporters. You and I talk, talked about this, I believe, every single day for about three or four months. When everybody else touched on it at the beginning and left the subject alone, you and I talked about it. I talked to Cap. I knew how much he wanted to get back into the league. Mm-hmm. And I even coined the term. I said, coined the term. Mm-hmm. I said, Cap has been white ball. That <laughs> has not changed. But the way he handled this situation, Skip, now... He knew that he received this on a very short notice. Mm -hmm. He could have said, you know, my representative have just given me word that the NFL has set up a a workout for me. I will get back to you as soon as I know more details. He jumped in head first. Mm -hmm. So you knew this was going to be on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. He turns around because what he did, Skip, he's in his camp and his supporter says the NFL wants to control the narrative. Well, the NFL says, we damn sure not going to let you control the narrative. And he walked into a trap that they set. What Cap is trying to do is Cap is trying to appease an audience that has no role in him getting a job. You can showcase your talent for the media all you want to. You can try to appease your fan base all you want to. But they will play no role in you getting a job. Cap, you show up to a job interview with a Kunta Kente shirt? <laughs> Kunta Kinte. Yes. No, no, no. He should have a hoodie that just says Toby. Oh, well, he can't do that. <laughs> of course not. I just, he can't I, do that. Just because, wanted to give you that. Oh, man. As, oh. as you know, I always like to give context to the things that you're saying that are happening. By Kunta, by, let's say Kunta Kaepernick. Uh, but by um, Colin Kaepernick, 
Showing up with that <laughs> no, Kunta no, Kinte. You, that's show title, Kunta Kaepernick. There you go. <laughs> that'll get some SEO. That'll get some love. <laughs> but Kunta by him showing up with the Kunta Kinte shirt on, <laughs> by proxy, he's calling the NFL owners what? Slave owners. And just for, there may be some younger listeners who didn't grow up with uh, Alex Haley's epic roots, the saga of an American family. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on Netflix, I'm sure. It's a must-watch. Binge it over the weekend, uh, the Thanksgiving weekend. So, as you mentioned, Alex Haley had a, a slave, piece of slave uh, uh, trauma-based entertainment called Roots. Uh, thank, thank you for saying that, because when I say you need to watch it, uh, we have discussed this before. Maybe we discussed it just on the phone, I think. I don't think it was in the show. Uh, it mm-hmm. is it is totally trauma-based entertainment, absolutely. In fact, very traumatic to watch. To the point, my father said when he saw it, they went to school the next day and was got into brawls over it. Wow. So by him using this icon of Kuta Kente, he know he knew what one, he knew what how the billionaire petty as we've laid out, owners would take it. And he knew what it would signify to his super woke crowd that he um that that backs him. But for people that don't know who Kunta K who Kunta Kente is, I want to explain what the significance of that is. I want to hear you say your name. Your name is Toby. What's your name? Kunta. Lord God, help that boy. They're going to whip him dead. What's your name? Say it. Toby. Who are you? Say your name. What's your name? Toby. Say it again. Say it louder so they all can hear you. What's your name? Toby. My name is Toby. Hi. That's a good nigger. Yeah, that was the, uh, yeah. <sighs> so, so, in that scene, we have Colin Kaepernick playing the role of Kunta Kente that won't be broken. And <laughs> we his got, name, he, won't say, he won't say his name is Toby. And we got the NFL. The, NFL. <laughs> the owners saying, it's Toby. And, <laughs> and who's the third character in there? Stephen A. Smith. Oh, Lord, they're going to break this boy. Damn. They they just took the old playbook, recycled it. That's perfect. Yes. Perfect. And now people are saying, "Well, Mo, you're going a little far out with that." I don't. Right? I don't think so at all. I I totally see this. I mean, it's <laughs> okay. Yeah. I to, I, to, I, I to, stand up for you, Mo. I will. I will defend to, you on this one. To back up my claim, Stephen A. Smith signs biggest contract in ESPN history. I want to talk about Stephen A. Smith. According to the NY Post, he is to basically sign a new deal to become ESPN's highest paid talent. 
on-air personality in their history. Okay, now this is according to the NY Post. So Stephen A. Smith is about to make a lot more money. Okay, and that's for the people who, you know, like him and the people who don't. I know the people who don't are really going to like this. Because quite frankly, Stephen A. Smith is going to be richer. Smith is in line to become the highest paid on-air person at ESPN by potentially boosting his salary to $10 million per year, according to the people with knowledge of upcoming negotiations. Mm-hmm. This is the boule at play. Yes, sir. Stephen A. And you know what? This clip is from March. They don't find they don't finalize the deal huh. until la- until last week. Oh, how convenient! How convenient! Jeez. Which ESPN has, which is Disney, has a lot has a big contract with the NFL, and their number one guy, Stephen A. Smith, signs a huge, the biggest contract in ESPN history. Right I- before he goes on to attack public enemy number one as far as NFL concerned. Uh, Colin Kaepernick. So he okay. So his contract was done, announced, and then the Kaepernick thing happens. Yes. Oh, perfect timeline. So of course ESPN's in on it. <laughs> oh man. Yes. yes so yes, what yes. you have is you have the boule versus the woke crowd. Oh, I'm sorry. Which the uh, woke uh, crowd uh, is funded uh, by uh, Soros, people like that, and the boule are more establishment. Well, you also made the right connection. Uh, ABC, they have the contract for the games. I don't even know. Yeah, well, ESPN they show uh, right. Monday Night Football, right? So they own they own everything. Okay, so they, mm-hmm. they and they own Stephen A. Smith. Do they own they own everybody except for this show? Mm-hmm. But we're for sale for the right amount for sure. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Kunta. <laughs> oh. I won't be I won't be broken. <laughs> Who are you? No, I better be the Stephen A. Smith in that in that uh, story you just made up there. I don't want to be the slave no. owner. All right. <laughs> no, no. What I'm saying is I, that's the reason why we do this because we nobody, nobody will point these things out because everybody has the vested interest on either side. That's right. I mean, you know, you know that. That's why you do the No Agenda show. Absolutely. It's because if you have sponsors, it's like shut up, Adam. Yes. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. We refuse to do that. But this has came at a cost to Mr. Stephen A. Smith. Oh. Terrell Owens com- confronts Stephen A. Smith. So what he wanted was transparency for people to see the full workout, to see the full Colin Kaepernick. Again, you, you mentioned obviously Max is going to get in here. And like I said, I'm in the streets. Max almost seems blacker than you, Stephen A. <laughs> with, 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 with what time he, out. with, with he's coming, you know, with his commentary. With all due respect, my brother. You I'm just you, saying, dog. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm just I'm saying. A, I'm going to check you right now. You don't cross I'm the line. I'm just saying. Time, time, time. Wait a minute. You don't cross the line. <laughs> First of all, like I said, you. Colin Kaepernick, Eric Reed, any of y'all that want to debate me in front of black people and talk about what's best for black people, name the time and place. I'll show up. I don't want to hear what's the definition of blackness. Is there a definitive definition of blackness? And now Terrell is a player, right? Because Terrell Owens, yeah, Terrell Owens is a former player, and he says that Stephen A. Smith's co-host Max uh, Kellerman. It's blacker than Steve A. Smith. This would seem uh, like an insult. The, of the highest order. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. That's not a cool thing to say. And this was on the air? 
Yes, this was on Stephen A. Smith's show. And let me just give some background. Stephen A. Smith sometimes takes the conservative uh, side of an argument because it's a debate show, him and Max debate. Right. And to keep Max from seeming like the racist white guy, <laughs> Stephen, by the, or, by the structure of the show, you, Stephen A. Smith some, most of the time takes the conservative side and lets Max <laughs> argue the liberal side so right. he doesn't look like the racist white guy. Right. But, <laughs> yes. Right? But it's, this crap has blown up in Stephen A. Smith's face. But let me just give a little point here. Stephen A. Smith always likes to say, I'm a black man before he prefaces any statement. So to let his uh, co-host, a white Jewish guy, be called blacker than him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this is bad. Oh, this that, is bad. This oh, that is bad. was a kick in the nuts. This is bad. This and is then bad. Terrell go, goes on to invite Max to the cookout. Here, and I know, Max, you didn't have a chance to jump in, and I'm sure you want to respond well, it's to okay. this conversation. Well, it got kind of explosive when, T.O., you said tongue-in-cheek, you said that Stephen, that I seem blacker than Stephen A., and Stephen A. obviously <laughs> had to respond to that. And I want to respond to that before I say what I originally yeah. wanted to say, which is, first of all, I can't eat anymore all the cookouts I, I, I've been invited to, like, <laughs> since this whole thing came up. I see Stephen A. as having inherited not only a respect for authority, but a a, a, a working knowledge of reality and what it takes to get ahead. No excuses. You can always look for excuses. You can look for things to lean on. You can look for where it's not perfect. Or you can do what you have to do, which is what Stephen A has done. And I would say that his, his, that your point of view, Stephen A, T.O. Stephen A's point of view is not less black necessarily than someone else's who's more strident. It is more conservative in certain respects. And my point of view is oftentimes more progressive. My own background is Jewish secular, not religious, but Jewish secular. So one of the things you get around Passover is act like you were a slave in Egypt. That's how I grew up. Like, you know, with that tradition of always look at the oppressed and look for righteousness and justice. And so I'm strident in that way. However, my, me, myself, I did not have to go through the struggle like that. Now explain the cookout. So what, is this just some old cookout? What cookout is this? <laughs> he invited to the cookout. He invited to the barbecue. Yeah, well, tell me, I want to be at the cookout. So the cookout is this stupid thing that the woke people do. When white people do something that's pleasing to them, they say, oh, he's invited to the cookout. Uh, but I, <laughs> Oh, God. I'm learning yeah. so much today. It's hurting my so, brain. So it's not my definition. I'll let BuzzFeed explain to you what the cookout is. Well, the cookout to me is like where black people come to be blackity black black. All the generations get together. All of And it's the one place you can like teach like the older generation as much as they teach you. True. A cookout is a safe place to be around friends and family. The cookout is the only place where you don't have to code switch. It's immediate family, siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins, neighbors, family, friends, fake aunties, fake uncles. It was my Haitian education school. That's where I learned about my culture, my music, how to cook, like the importance of family members. Yeah, you can't, you can't fight in a cookout. People fight at the cookout. You can't. You're not supposed to. Okay, it's uh, sounds pretty holy. This cookout business. <laughs> to, this is to, where it happens. To them, I mean, it's not. Well, if you, and this is, I'm gonna piss some people off with this one. Good. So just beware. When you're a black person and you deal in white, 
mostly white places, spaces, a cookout to you is like this magical place mm-hmm. of of blackness. You know, to me, it's you throw some food on the grill and you're saying <laughs> some beers steaks. and you just <laughs> right. kick back. Yeah. But if you're living white spaces, what, what they, how they you term it, you know, to be around a majority of black people is something magical to them. And then to bring a white person into that is the highest of the highest order of uh, compliments that they uh, bestow upon a, a super white person. He invited to the cookout. He invited to the barbecue. You know what? Off the cookout. That's right. After <laughs> cookout. F the so, cookout. Um, <laughs> so, and it had to be, like I said, it had to be the highest insult to um, to Stephen A. Smith because not only does Max go on, he gets invited to the cookout, then he goes on to white explain the struggle. Why? I mean, did you hear? We talked about this point yesterday, and what you're alluding to there is actually white privilege. Black people don't enjoy it. And I'm not giving up any privilege, not a single bit of privilege. But I will insist that all human beings are so privileged. And that includes Kaepernick. And if he wants to wear a Kunta Kinte shirt, good for him. So at what point are you following this story? Now you're really angry because of what's happening to your 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 relaxation sport, your, your football. This, this is, must be this must be maddening. I, I'm I'm so pissed, and not about the not, bro. This guy said he's not giving up any of his privilege, and that's who you invite to the cookout. <laughs> Are you serious? I mean, because to say I have privilege is one I mean, thing. I have that's, a special. I have a special. <laughs> See, you can't have privilege and then say everybody else has it too because that makes it not a privilege. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I read through his bullshit. It's like, yeah, I, I got that um, super white privilege, you know, and I ain't letting go of none of it. Are you are, are you people, are you not hearing him? And what got me pissed off is under the comments of the Terrell Owens video where he's in, uh, called... Stephen A, uh, well, call call Max blacker than Stephen A, and uh, invited Max to the proverbial cookout. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, Max, he's super woke. Yeah, invite him to the cookout. He can come to my cookout any day. You know what I'm saying? I know he likes seasoned meat. I'm like, are you so... Uh, <laughs> can I get a woosah, please? Yes, you can get a woosah anytime you need. Woosah. Woosah. Oh, this is great. Thank you. This is great. So, as me, Stephen A had enough of the cookout. And Max irks him over it. Colin Kaepernick's people have reached out to numerous folks. I was one of them. They said he wants to play. It's not fair. He did this for us. All he wants to do now is put this behind him. He wants to play. Will you help us? So it's Rock Nation. It's Jay-Z and the crew. It's the NFL and Roger Goodell who went behind the backs of the executive VPs because they didn't even know about the workout. What happened was he has the workout. And then after the workout, he antagonizes the very commissioner who helped put this together, told him to stop running, 
showed up with a Kuta Kente shirt on. You know, so. essentially, it said, well, see, once again, that's, see, that's where, that's why I say you go to that black barbecue or you want to. But let me tell you something right now. You cannot have 31 white owners. You show up with a Kuta Kente shirt, basically alluding to them as slave owners. I know, you got right? to show up with your then, hat in your hand no, and no, beg for the opportunity to unrightfully deny. But see, but see, that's what I'm saying. Because see, after this, you're going to leave, you're going to go home. And see, I got to go in the black community and deal with stuff just because you interrupted me to make that point. Wow. <laughs> I'm speechless. One of these days, Stephen A. Smith is going to put Max hands on Max. Yeah. On that <laughs> show. Sounds like, like, shut up. Yeah, he's going a bit far now, Max. Did yeah, because he's like, but he does this all the time. <clears throat> he's, 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 he's super duper woke. Super duper woke. Uh, and they said, what you supposed to do? Uh, go with your hat in your hand? I mean, he's projecting these things onto the Stephen A. Smith. And I don't know if he realizes or not. He has to be aware because Max is a super, super intelligent person. So it's like, by you saying that that's what Stephen A. Smith means when he says that, it it only makes it worse. Okay. So, now, and this was this past week, these, uh, these clips? Yeah, this is, this is Thursday and Friday. Right, uh, right. Thursday was when, uh, right. this is Thursday is when I decided to do this show because when I heard the... Max is blacker than Stephen A. Smith. I hit my best friend up, and my he's my uh, uh, confidant. You know, uh, we talk about like how things are land, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Dude, did you see this crap?" And I was like, "Yep, I got to do a show on this. I got, I got, I got to cover this because this this is some bull job right here." Well, so you've set us up perfectly for what's what's coming next, and. I can only imagine with all these pieces on the feet. I don't know what's happening in football land and what what a great mm-hmm. mo- moment will be, other than Super Bowl is the only moment I know about. Um, but it seems like we need a, a, a Nike campaign, a shoe, and uh, and some kind of slogan or something. We need now. He needs to. He needs to start cashing in. And we know it's not going to be on playing ball. No, the NFL. That's why I said the NFL's part of this story is a wrap. Because they proved to him, proved to people that want to see it, Colin Kaepernick doesn't want to play in the NFL because we gave him an opportunity to come showcase his talent. And he pulled this. I mean, he did. His team did what was best for their interest, and their interest is not playing football, it's to be a social justice icon. So I understand it from that standpoint. I don't support it, but I understand what their motives were. And the NFL got what they wanted because they got to say, well, that's done. And now it's just where does Colin Kaepernick go from here? Well, exactly. And it's it's going to be a complicated affair because as far as and so he got paid, he got he got millions. I mean, one, two, three, 20. Who cares? One million. Mm-hmm. A lot of money, Mo. Uh, I mean, he's, he's he, I, mean, I told you he signed a deal for what? One. Uh, $126 million? Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's hurt for money. I mean, let's... Exactly. But so, but Nike is in an interesting spot. So we're going to see, is the NFL the Kunta Kinte of Nike? Because Nike pays a big-ass bill for all of this stuff. You know, Nike controls and- a lot in sports. So if they say, hey, Kaepernick's our guy, and we're going to use him for the We Ready campaign or whatever antagonize the NFL up to the Super Bowl, maybe. I don't know. I don't know anything about the football, 
But it seems like that would be the move, and I think it's going to be interesting. They're probably all in on it and just keep the controversy going. Money flows. The controversy definitely helps Nike, and the NFL really can't fight Nike because they're in bed with them. Yeah, but they already they already showed the NBA to shut up. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> Nike is the daddy. This is everybody's daddy. Yes, Mac daddy. Uh, well, and I got this question for you. You might be able to answer for me. Now, when we talk about Nike versus the NFL, that's one thing. But when we talk about Nike versus Disney. Yeah, well, oh, gosh, that's a good one. Because Disney, of course, is, you know, the, the biggest the parent thing. company at well, ESPN, well, they're, they're, which is they're, they're, they're the evil Death Star, man. They're so big. They're so incredibly big. So powerful. Um, and it's amazing that St- St- Shannon Sharp didn't catch any blowback from his identical stance to Stephen A. Smith. Right. Stephen A. Smith was labeled a bad guy who works for ESPN, who is the parent company of of uh, daughter company uh, of Disney. Well, yeah, daughter company of Disney. Yes. So that's where we at. All right. So what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? What What do we What do we look out for? I think something's going to flare back up again around the Super Bowl time because yep. Mr. Jay Z, he's the he's been hired of yeah, the event planning <laughs> for the NFL. He's like a wedding planner for football. Yeah, he's the, that's what he is. He's, he's a glorified <laughs> event planner. I mean, let's just be honest here. So um, I'm sure the 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 woke crowd will have uh um. Uh, Something to say about Plenty how say. he handles that the 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 performances of the of the uh, NFL. All right, I'll make a prediction. Super Bowl. I'll make a prediction. Yes, I'll make one. You will not believe the Nike commercial you'll see during the Super Bowl. That would be my prediction. Wait one minute. Wait one minute. I almost slipped something out of here. Okay, so there was a article with the. Colin Kaepernick said he's going to schedule another workout this spring and he's going to take it to wherever the South Florida, where the NFL owners hold their, um, hold their, uh, yearly conference at. Uh huh. But that's after the Super Bowl, right? That's after the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's, that's, they're already planning for next season. Yeah. You know, you got to yeah. keep the show. Of course. <laughs> You got you got to keep the Colin Kaepernick show going. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, well, he's got he's got picked up. He's got another season, so uh, he might as well. Yeah. The series is doing well. <laughs> if he can do three more years, he can go into syndication and live forever. <laughs> wow, Mo, thank you so much for um, for unfolding this. And uh, and again, I learned a lot, really, because not just because I'm a white guy, is because I'm I don't know football, uh, and that really uh, and I, I took copious show notes, so they'll be in the show notes. Uh, which mm-hmm. uh, are all linked uh, at mofax.com. Um, and uh, this is good. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, you know, there's a couple people I want to keep my eye on. Is he still with the, the same girlfriend? Tap- yes. Tappernick? Okay. Keep my eye on her. Uh, and she still tweets? Definitely or did, do that. Or did she stop tweeting? Did she, was she forbidden well, from tweeting? Is, she, she's, still, she's still working. She still works and she has an ordinary uh, career. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, on television and you know radio and other things, so it's just this weird thing that he, you know, he takes all the action of or takes all the the brunt of the the blows, and then she she gets to live her life. I mean, like I said, he, he to me he's the useful idiot and and a, and a puppet, and so. 
And uh, a fantastic outro song for this show, um, which relates to uh, Kunta Kaepernick. I'm just going to say it on the show. I won't say it anywhere else. It's just between you and me, Mo. This is just, just my. This between you. Hey, <laughs> I'm the Stephen A. There. So, um, uh, thank you, Mo. This is great. I cannot wait to uh, to do it all over again on Monday. And after cookout. which I was not invited to I'll point that out thanks Mo you're welcome and as I always say pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself and we'll be back on Monday check us out at mofax.com and donate Stop loving him